In this third episode of An Older Gay Guy Show, we're going to talk about gay relationships and why sometimes they can be very, very difficult. So please stay tuned. Well, hello, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me. Maybe a third time? Are you back a third time? Wow. And if you're first finding me, I hope you like what you hear, and I hope you're going to stay with us. Either way, gosh, you know what, folks? I would love you to subscribe to this podcast. Nothing would please me more to have a regular audience every single week when I put out podcasts. So please consider subscribing. It is so easy to do so. And then the more subscribers I get, the higher I move up in iTunes, and therefore more audience and episodes are going to come on a regular basis. I also want to mention, uh, I haven't mentioned it in the first couple episodes, but I do have another podcast. Ooh, there's my grandfather clock chiming. I do have another podcast that I've been doing for about a year and a half, and that is basically based on diet and nutrition and fitness. And the name of that is Life After 30 Podcast. You can also find that on iTunes. Again, Life After 30 Podcast. And there's a bunch of episodes. They're about all different subjects. And if you're into health, you're into fitness, you're into nutrition, you might want to check that out. Meanwhile, let's come back to the present one. This episode is going to be about gay relationships. I'm going to give you my opinion, and again, it's, it's just an opinion, but I've lived a number of years, I've been in a number of relationships, and I've talked to many clients and many friends about their frustrations with relationships, and I've drawn some conclusions that I'm going to present to you today. They may be right, they may be wrong, you may agree with them, you may completely disagree with them, but I thought that I would give you a little insight to how I pieced together puzzles of what people were telling me. So, my name is Joey Hernandez, and this is An Older Gay Guy Show, and this is Episode 3. So in episode one of this podcast, I was talking to you about my relationships, and I told you that I have a history of not really having the best relationships in the world. I did not ever reach a one-year period with anyone before I met my husband, and so I can't speak about how to hold together a relationship once you have it. But I have drawn some conclusions about if you feel you're the kind of person that's single and you're looking for a boyfriend, you're looking for a life partner, and you go through the normal channels, whether that be via the computer with some various hookup and dating sites, or whether you go to a bar and you first meet someone there, however you go about meeting people, A lot of people will tell me, my clients, my friends, my family, they'll tell me that these, they'd go on a date or so and the relationship just wouldn't work out. 
one of the two of you were not interested in the other, and therefore it did not progress beyond that. And that's what a lot of my clients will tell me when they come here in their training. You know, in in training someone, you, you train someone for an hour, you go through a number of sets of weight resistance, and during that time in between your sets, you have a little downtime to chat a little bit. And it's usually an ongoing situation an ongoing conversation where you will, you know, start something and then it's like, okay, hold on, do a set. Now do this set. Okay. Now you were saying what? And you continue with that conversation generally throughout the hour. And so many times it comes up that my clients and my friends are very nice people. They're fairly attractive people. They're not gods by any means. Not many of us are, certainly not me as well, but they all say that they don't understand why they can't find a boyfriend, why a person doesn't call them a second time, why it just didn't work out. And they felt that when they first got together. Um, Because you know, right? Because you know, if you go on a date, you go on a blind date, you've never met this person before, you go and you're having dinner or you're having drinks or whatever, I think it's fair to say within the first five minutes or so, you pretty much draw the conclusions of whether or not that person is someone that you would want to see again or have a relationship with. First impressions make a very solid impression on someone. And so when my clients would talk to me and they'd say, yeah, I'm just so frustrated. I'm now 45. I've been looking for a boyfriend, I've had all these dates, I meet people on the computer, we finally get together, and then for whatever reason, they don't call me, and I don't understand that. You know, I I think I'm a nice person, I don't understand that. And after listening to that for the number of years I did, I drew some conclusions of possibly, and I'm going to say possibly, because I'm not a psychiatrist or a therapist, but I am someone with some experience in this. I think that the conclusions I drew were fairly consistent with what a number of people were doing. Now, think about if you're single and you're looking for a relationship, take a moment to think back about, say, the last five or six people that you went on a date with, okay? When you first had contact with that person, And whether they showed you a photo on the computer or whether they had a little biography written, when you read that biography where they describe themselves, you are going to create in your mind the very best image that that description is. So if someone said they were six feet tall, they had a fairly big build, kind of a football player build. Everybody loves to say that, a football player build. And that their interests were a few things that you had in common. You saw a photo of them. And let's face it, when we put photos online, including me, we put the very, very best photos of us that we have, right? We're not going to put 
shit-looking photos. We're not going to put photos where we look old and, and the lighting is bad and we just look fat or whatever, right? We go for the best photos we can. And now that selfies have come along with cameras and a lot of people putting on Instagram and all selfies, someone did a study that supposedly people like young girls that will post selfie photos take something like 50 photos of themselves before they finally find one that they feel they look the best at and then they post that photograph. So you've already got this impression from them from their description about themselves and you draw the best conclusion of that you can, right? And then you see a photo of them, which is the best photo probably ever taken and possibly photoshopped a little bit, a few lines taken out here or there. So the photo that they present is probably not very realistic with the way those people are going to look. If you spend the night with them and they wake up in the morning and you roll over in bed and you look at the person that you met at the club last night after a few drinks they're not going to look like that photo, right? Because they put the best out there. So it sets up a certain amount of unrealistic expectations of what you're going to meet when you do finally meet someone. And for a lot of my clients, it seems that they, you know, there's a, there's a, a trend now where people are trying to move towards being yourself, right? Just be yourself and meet someone. And if you click, great. If you don't, you don't. All right. And unfortunately, some people take that be yourself to mean, okay, well, you know what? If I showered in the morning before I went to work and then I went to work and I came home and I walked the dog and I had a little bite to eat and now I'm headed out again and I don't shower a second time. I don't shave a second time. I might put on the clothes that I've worn um, around the house for the last two days because if they're going to love me, they're going to love me for myself. And that's really not what one should do, right? And what I try to tell people, because although I may not have had the most successful relationships long-term in my life, I have a shitload of dates. I was always dating someone and whether they weren't interested in me or I weren't interested in them or we were together for a while and then we just kind of drifted apart for whatever reason that relationship didn't work out for me or us. But I always had dates and I always had people that wanted to have more than one date with me. Three, four, five. Oh, can we be boyfriends? Oh, should we get serious? That all came along. And I am not the best looking person in the world by any means. I've built my body up pretty good for a man my age. I look okay, although I'm a bald man. I shave my head. Um, I wear a baseball hat a lot of the time. Just because I have since high school, I've always worn a baseball hat. So that's me. That When you look at a picture of me, you're generally going to see me in a baseball hat and you're going to see the body that I've worked on. But for people that put out the images that they think are the very best of themselves, when the person's receiving it and thinking about whether or not they want to ask the person out on a date, they're looking at this photo, which is the best photo out of 
Lord knows how many photos already taken. That's going to be what I always think when I used to date people and I'd look at the photos online and I, I would think, okay, this is probably the very, very best this person's going to look. And when I meet them in person, when I date them, when we go out and do something, when we get up in the morning after sleeping together, this appearance in this photo is not going to be happening. So you're both looking at the best image you're ever going to see. You see a nice little biography and you just let your mind run. If, if you're looking for a relationship, you really want to find a boyfriend. Every single one of these contacts you run through in your mind to be a relationship and you take it all the way out. Oh, it's going to be a great life. We're going to travel. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to move in together. We're probably going to get married. Your brain just progresses through all those steps automatically, right? It's like an 11 year old girl that has a poster of David Cassidy on their wall. That dates me to say that, but David Cassidy on your wall thinking, oh, I'm going to be with him and we're going to have a wonderful life. It's, it's kind of that thing, right? You're imagining what your life can be with this person. So then you go on the actual date and you actually meet each other. And your first impressions when you see each other is a lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time, it's a little bit of a letdown. So that little fantasy that you've already created in your mind, that little fantasy is beginning to, to drop down a little bit. And then as you watch their personal habits and reactions, maybe they order four drinks and they get a little sloppy because the person was nervous to meet you. Yet when you see that, you draw conclusions of, oh, hey, that dude drinks all the time. He's a mess. That's the way the person's going to be. You draw all these conclusions right off without really, truly getting to know who the person is. And think about it. Come on. We all have done that, right? And every little tiny thing that that person does in that meeting begins to chip away at this image that you've already created in your mind. Now, my friends and clients that are trying to date people and they tell me about the people that they hit up online. It's 12 midnight. My clock is chiming. So when they tell me about these people that they want to date, and especially if they pull up a photo of them right on their phone to say, Hey, see this guy. I I've been talking to him on manhunt and I really think we're going to click, you know, and I'll look at that person and that person is like a model, right? handsome, beautiful body, great looking guy. My client and my friend, in all honesty, a decent looking person, probably average or a little above average. Same thing with the body, average or a little above average, but they don't really fit with that person <laughs> that they're showing me on the phone. So what I've seen happening is for whatever reason, I guess, because we're just a bunch of horny fucks and we just want to get like the best we can get, is that everybody shoots a little bit too high. <sighs> this is going to sound so fucking insulting, but a little bit out of their league. I hate to say leagues because that's a very incorrect thing to say in today's politically correct world, but 
come on, it's true. There's different levels of attractiveness, and gay people really rip that apart and really analyze that and really judge people for how they look. I mean, they just do. I can tell you personally, because if I've been dieting and I've been working out, I get all these people's attention. If I happen to have laid off training for a little bit, I've been a little depressed, a little problems with work or life, I've been eating a little bit, I don't quite look so great, so I don't wear a tank top, I wear a regular t-shirt, I don't get the same looks. So it's fair to say that people are attracted to the very best that they think that they can get. But it's often just a little bit above the level that they should really be pursuing. The reason I came to this conclusion is I have friends and roommates and clients who have all met each other in different situations when we've been socializing. And my housemate might find one of my clients attractive. My client, when I say, hey, you know what? My housemate thinks you're attractive, says, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm just not attracted to him. That's not going to work. Even though I know for a fact that these two people have the same kind of interests, they have the same kind of goals for wanting a monogamous relationship, a lifetime relationship, they cut it right off. I just don't find them attractive enough. And if sex isn't going to be there because I'm not attracted to them, it's really a waste of time. And so the person, my, let's say my housemate that was interested in my client, say there he goes out somewhere to a bar, my, my housemate goes out to a bar, and he meets someone, and that person's interested in him. Again, they sit, they talk. They probably have a lot in common. But my housemate will be, uh, I just didn't find him attractive. Even though that person was so into my housemate. Really, they, they told me, like, I really want to date him. He's great. But my housemate is like, I just don't find him attractive. And so after listening to this for a certain number of years, I kind of started playing devil's advocate. I would say, okay, we're in a bar here. You don't find that person attractive who is interested in you. Who are you attracted to? And they'd look around the bar and they'd find what most people would consider to be the very best looking person that there is. And that person is just surrounded by guys buying them drinks and they're just tremendously popular and they have all this attention. And my housemate in all reality, truly doesn't have much chance with that kind of person. Now I know that's judging people and I'm sorry that it comes down to that but I think there's a lot of truth in it. People aim too high and they completely ignore the people that are interested in them if those people don't fit the exact criteria of the person that they're looking for. And I've seen a lot of lonely souls that I know that I think should get together because they have so much in common. I think their life together would be so good. But Sex is not what holds our relationships together. Sex is great. Sex is awesome. But it drops down a little bit when you're together, right? Maybe if you're together years and years, it drops down a lot. So sex may be just this immediate connection and, oh, it's so hot. No, it's so great. But there's not a lot of solidity there, 
right? There's not a lot of true substance to the relationship because the relationship is based on physical attention. And I always think it's sad that people wouldn't give it a try. They close it off if they're not immediately attracted to a guy. Now, in my past, if you lined up all my boyfriends, when you looked at them, they all looked different. Some would, most people would say were attractive. Some would say, eh, he seems nice. <laughs> but you wouldn't hear any comments about the appearance. They're all different people. And again, I'm well aware that my relationships prior to my husband were not the lengthy relationships that I would have liked. So there were a lot of issues when we were together, but I never judged someone. I never chose someone to date because I just thought that they were these drop-dead gorgeous people. I dated them based on their personality and our connection. And again, if you lined them all up and you looked at all of them, you couldn't even say I had a type. I think the only thing you could say is I date people who are shorter than me. That was a big thing for me. I don't know. It, I don't know. Look at it as insecurity or whatever you want to look at. I'm a top Maybe a bottom who's taller than me just like freaked me out or whatever. I think the only criteria was they had to be a little, little bit shorter than me. But that's the only requirement. And that's probably the only common thread between my boyfriends. And for those people that always aimed so high, what I would say is a little out of their league. And I'm just being honest. If an average looking person had a boyfriend who was beautiful, right? So they're happy. Oh my God, he's so beautiful. He's so hot. I love him so much. When they go out together, life being as it is, women being as they are, gay men being as they are, the attention goes to the more beautiful person, right? And I've known couples like that where the average or slightly above average, I think very nice looking men who have these model gorgeous boyfriends become so insecure because the people that are interested in that model beautiful man are sometimes also model beautiful men. And so the average, above average, I want to say above average person is always threatened by that. Always afraid, oh, someone's going to take him away from me. I just know it. You know, he gets all this attention. And in my estimation, in the things that I've seen, the majority of the time, they do end up leaving and going off with who they think is a little bit above them. So the model-looking person is like, oh my God, that's a super model-looking person. I'm going to date him. And so they go off because people... I guess we're insecure, right? We're insecure. We want the best. But at the same time, maybe we feel we don't deserve the best. We know that we're all a bunch of horn dogs that are sleeping with each other anyway. And the chances are that that boyfriend's going to be snatched away from them is a very real possibility. And oftentimes clients have told me that they worry about that all the time when they're with them. Yet. If this above average looking person were to get with another above average looking person, they would connect 
so much better. And unfortunately, being the gay men that we are, you know, it, it's rare to to ask a gay man how they think they look without that person saying, oh, I look really good for my age. You know, I'm 50, but people constantly say I'm 35, you know, and my body's pretty good for this age. And even if the average person looking at them would go, not really, but okay, I'm glad you have high self-esteem. That's great. But because these people have ballooned themselves up in their own, their own mind, they think, well, I belong with this model looking person because we are, we are at the same level. And, and I'm sorry, folks, sometimes that isn't the case. Not that that's not how you feel in your heart. And I know that that is an extremely important factor here, how you feel in your heart. If you feel that you're great and you're trying to be with a person that looks great, that's a wonderful thing until it falls apart and people are crushed. And maybe that's just, maybe you're saying, maybe you're saying, as you're listening to me and you're saying back out loud to me, no, you know what? People should date who they want to date. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But coming from my point of view, where I'm a personal trainer, where people talk about these situations all the time with me. And I hear these same stories over and over and over again. I just, I just want to grab someone by the neck and shake them and say, don't you understand this? You know, go for someone that you have compatibility with. If you don't think they're the hottest man on earth, that's okay. When you fall in love and you have your relationship Trust me, that person's going to look better to you than your immediate impression. And you don't even give the person a chance. It's such an automatic response. Oh, nope, don't like them. I'm not attracted to them. I'm not even going to talk to them. Why take the time to talk to someone and get to know them and like them and then know that sex isn't going to work out between us? Really? You don't even know that? Give it a chance. You know, come down off your high horse. Come down off your pedestal and say, I'm going to date someone because of who they are rather than what the looks are. Because you can be the most gorgeous man that walks this earth. And 30 years from now, you are probably not going to be the most gorgeous man walking the earth. Everybody ages. Everything happens to us as we age, whether we want to or not, whether we work out, whether we get plastic surgery, whether we wear the right clothes to accentuate our body. When we're all naked and standing there, it gets worse. <laughs> it's not worse. Don't say that. It gets age appropriate. And therefore, when that time comes, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, into a relationship, you have a history. You have a, a deep love and respect for each other. And that is far more important than how hot that guy was at the beginning. So please take away that I'm not trying to say that people are at different levels of attractiveness and we need to stay with our own group or anything like that. The only reason that I was mentioning the different levels of attractiveness was to illustrate why 
people say to me that they don't want to become involved with someone, why they shut them off so quickly. Quite frankly, in my life, the appearance of a person has never been important. I am very much, from my heart, an emotional person, a romantic person, and I judge people based on their personality. Especially if someone can make me laugh, if someone can make me forget my troubles for a while and make me smile, that's the person that becomes endeared to me. Attractiveness, in my, in my experience, being in gay gyms and working with gay clients, it just seems like the more attractive a person is, sometimes the more standoffish, the more narcissistic that person can be. Not all the time, absolutely positively not all the time, but a lot of the time in the gay community. And all I'm trying to make a point about is, please don't shut off people immediately because when you look at them, that they are not this super Adonis that you feel that you should be with. Okay, so I've admitted that I'm not a great reference for giving insight or information on how to make a relationship last because <laughs> I'm just finally in a relationship that is lasting. But as I said, I am kind of the king of dating, I guess. I've dated and dated and dated and dated and thank God I'm married. I don't have to do it anymore. But I have compiled a few rules that I always tell my friends about. And these I've lived by, and I think some of these have been the reason why people have asked for more than one date. I just want to run down a list of 11 things. These are in no particular order. They were all super important. So let me give myself a little fanfare here as I get started on Joey's Rules of Dating. Okay, number one. Listen more than talk and ask questions about the other person. Nobody likes to date someone that just yaks and yaks and yaks and never gives the other person a chance to talk. So listen more than talk. And when there is silence, ask questions about the other person to give them a chance to talk about themselves. Number two, be on time for your date or call and text if there is a problem. My husband likes to refer to the fact that he and his friends are on some sort of, quote, Mexican time, unquote, and that it's supposed to be okay to show up whenever. Sorry, that doesn't cut it with me. Be on time or have the courtesy to call and text the person and let them know. Another one, never go out straight from work. Most of these suggestions are very important for dates one through four or five, say, especially the first couple of dates. Then you can begin to let your hair down and begin to act like you normally would. But if you've been working all day, you've been in the same clothes, you showered this morning, but now it's eight or nine hours later, your beard is starting to grow in a little bit, you have oily skin coming out, don't go out straight from work. Go home and make yourself presentable. Which leads to the next one. Shower before a date. Always. Keep in mind, we're gay guys, and sometimes when we go out on a first date, if things click, we end up in bed together. So, shower ahead of time so you smell nice for your date. 
The next one, brush your teeth before a date. Always. You think you wouldn't have to say these things, but people don't do these things sometimes. It's crazy. Brush your teeth. If you're going to go in for a kiss after you've met a person, maybe after a half an hour or so, you want to give a kiss, for fuck's sake, have your breath clean, okay? A personal one to me that drives me absolutely crazy, cut your fingernails and especially your toenails. Please, your toenails. And for God's sakes, if you're going to wear flip-flops or sandals during the summer, will you please fucking do the rest of the world a favor and cut your toenails? Nobody wants to see your long, disgusting toenails because that sends a message, doesn't it? That says, hey, I don't take care of myself. Here I am on a date. Here I am. I might end up with someone in bed and I don't take the time to put myself together. So that person is going to draw the conclusion, well, if this is the way they do a first date, I can only fuck imagine what it's going to be like to have a relationship with them. Cut your fucking toenails or I'll come and do it for you. Don't have garlic or raw onions for lunch. It's going to stay on your breath. Wear clean clothes and fresh underwear and socks. Again, there's always a possibility you'll end up in bed together and no one wants to see your ratty, discolored, shit-stained and piss-stained underwear and filthy socks. Wear clean clothes. Again, in case you might be having sex, you might want to bring them home, just take a moment and tidy up your house or apartment before you go out. Maybe you won't be coming home with someone and that's great, too, because you get home and your house is clean for you. But don't leave it a fucking mess so that when you bring someone home, you never should have to say at the door, please excuse my apartment. You should never have to say that because it's been tidied up ahead of time. Bring money with you. You don't know who's going to end up paying. Maybe you're going to each suggest that you do it separately or whatever. Make sure you have money or a credit card with you. It's really rude to assume that the other person is going to be the one that pays for the entire evening. And the last thing, don't talk about your exes when you're on a date. Focus on that person. Even if that person talks about their exes, don't get into a, my ex did this, oh, I can beat that, my ex did this. Focus on the person you're with and try to leave the baggage that you've accumulated for other people that you feel have fucked you over. Leave that for another time. You can have that conversation maybe after a, a couple of months of dating, but don't put it right there on the table because you're going to sound like you're bitter and... That person's also going to think, well, if I dated this person and if things didn't go well, they're going to be sitting at a date with another person talking about me. So don't talk about your exes. Let it go. While none of those 11 things are going to guarantee that someone else is going to want to have a second date with you, it's certainly going to help it go along much nicer if in fact dating or even sex that night seems to be the thing that's going to happen. So just cover all your bases and always be prepared. Be a little Boy Scout about it and be prepared. So I'm going to leave you with a challenge. I do a lot of challenges in my fitness, health, diet podcast. Again, it's Life After 30 podcast. I like to do challenges. 
So if you are single and you are looking for a mate, a boyfriend, a husband, a life partner, whatever, when you first meet people, don't judge them too quickly. It doesn't hurt you. It's not going to cut into your life if you have a few dates with someone and even sex with someone to see how it's going to work and whether the two of you click together. It's not, if you're looking for a boyfriend and it's been a while, obviously guys aren't lined up out on your front porch ringing your doorbell for a date, right? So it's not going to kill you to go out on a few dates with someone that you seem to have a connection with because you've talked on the computer and you've texted and you you know, I like to go to museums. Oh, I like to go to museums. I like to go to independent films. I love independent films. Give people a chance. And hopefully that will spread. And the people that you are out on a date with will also give you a chance. Because maybe you're into the person that you're meeting and that person isn't interested in you. But if we could all come together and date and see what happens. And I personally love and have even done it. The old saying, well, you know, if you don't end up in a relationship because you have so much in common, you could be friends. That's true. And I love that. And I have people who are friends of mine now that one of us was interested in the other and we tried it a little bit and it didn't work, but we still had so much in common and we had, you know, because things go through steps, I think, right? You meet someone on a computer and you go back and forth. Then you give the phone number to them and you text back and forth. And then it goes to a phone call, phone call where you talk to the person. And maybe after a while you talk to that person every day for an hour and you're laughing and, oh my God, I like this person so much. They have such a great personality. They have such a great sense of humor. I think we click really good together. And then isn't it so sad when you meet the person in person And within five minutes, you're like, you forget all that common stuff and all those laughs and all that stuff you had in common because uh, I'm just not attracted to him. Come on. If you want a relationship, open your mind. That's my sermon (laughs) at the church today. I still want you to give me your opinions on Bewitched. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not going to go through it again. Listen to podcast one and podcast two, and you're going to know what I'm asking of you about the poll. And next time when I do a podcast, I'm going to give you the results of things that have been sent to me. And I want you to send me things as well. Send me what the rating is. And if you listen to the other podcasts, you know what I'm talking about. The rating, favorite episodes, favorite characters of Bewitched. I'll be back in a few days. Do me a favor, subscribe, folks. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe. Because the more subscriptions I get, the more episodes I'll do. Same thing with the other one, Life After 30 podcast. I need subscriptions. The more subscriptions I get, I see people are really interested I'll do more episodes. Meanwhile, I appreciate you sitting. I hope you might agree with a little bit of what I said anyway. I'll be back in a few days. I appreciate it. Meanwhile, have an awesome time. And check out Life After 30 podcast. You might like it. This is Joey Hernandez. See you soon. Bye. Bye.